Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with The Pop Health Show, and this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. I've got Lou Zhang on the show today. I'm really excited to have Lou on the show. She's going to talk about her background. She has a tremendous amount of accolades in this space, but most importantly, a supporting passion for um, for health, for investments. Um, she has a really interesting take on what's going on in the market. She's done a lot of cool stuff, but I'm not going to steal her thunder. Um, Lu Zhang is the founder and managing partner of Fusion Fund. They're doing so much cool stuff. You've probably seen them in their news and their progress. But uh, Lou, welcome to the show. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, everyone. So glad to join the show. Absolutely. Well, great to have you on here. Great for you to make time. Tell us a little bit about the person you've become or what has led you to become the person you are. Tell us your origin story. Yeah, happy to. Actually, I was born and raised in China, not only China. I was born and raised in Inner Mongolia. So Inner Mongolia has lots of minority groups live there. And what I was, uh, I belong to one of the minority group. So it's a very amazing place. I really miss my hometown. And after I got my college degree in China, I came to United States in 2010 for my graduate school study at Stanford University. My whole academia background is all about the technology. I'm, I'm, I majored in material science engineering. I researched on the lithium ion battery, thin film sensor, bell sensor, try to use the technology to see whether there's any application powered by the new tech, be able to really solve the real life problem. So that's how I kind of began my uh, entrepreneurial experience. When I was a student at Stanford, thanks to the, you know, the great ecosystem there, uh, and also in Silicon Valley, I was able to get support from my advisor from the school, started my company based on one of my patent technology for type 2 diabetes diagnostic. So my technology was able to provide non-invasive diagnostic for earlier stage type 2 diabetes. It was a huge market, very big opportunity. I was able to quickly launch the company, grow the company. And two years later, I was able to get the company successful sold to a big public company. So that's my first entrepreneurial experience. That's also a pretty, I would say life-wise, so it was a miserable experience because I have no time to sleep, not much time to eat, <laughs> no social life. My friends complain, I never saw you in any party because I have to get a company up running and it's not easy at all. I was a solo founder. I was like, I was at my early 20s. I got a lot of challenge, it's a stereotype and also all these competitions, no matter from other founders or even from the investor side, because I was too young. I was female. I was also a minority, mm-hmm. new immigrant to the United States. I'm kind of a combination of all these things people could challenge me on. But you asked me what made me who I am today. I think one thing is I'm very determined. Mm-hmm. My, my personality is uh, I, I'm okay people challenge me. I always be very logical and reasonable when I saw people try to challenge me because I try to figure out why they ask that questions. Instead of being angry, I always try to work hard, show the demonstration that they were wrong. Because mm-hmm. I have many, no matter founders or even fellow investors ask me like in Silicon Valley, even in Silicon Valley, this uh, awesome ecosystem, how do, you, how do you deal with stereotype? Everyone has mm-hmm. it. To me, I said, there's useful angry they're useless angry to me i learned the lesson that i should not spend energy spend my time to to have this useless angry 
when I got a challenge, I'm going to work hard to show the demonstration to prove them wrong. So I was very lucky be able to really prove them wrong. And some of the people challenged me early on in my career become a very good business partner for me in the later when I was running the company. And also because I successfully launched the micro device company at such a younger age, I was able to get into the industry much faster. Um, what I was working another bigger company, help them with global innovation. And later I joined a local VC firm as their venture partner. I think I might be the one of the youngest venture partner at that time. And in 2015, I saw this opportunity that when I was a technical founder, not many VC really like to invest in tech and healthcare or really understand the tech. So this is opportunity for me. And also as a former founder, I feel strong passion to work with earlier stage founder to help them go through the life cycle, help them really power the innovation with the new technology, hardware, software integration, healthcare, industrial automation, enterprise network technology. That's, that's the reason I actually launched the Fusion Fund in 2015. I was very lucky to get lots of support from good investor to invest with me together. And that's also one of the reasons I was focusing on tech and healthcare, especially enterprise tech, industry tech, and healthcare tech from day one when I launched the fund. Mm. So yeah, here we are in 2019. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, I have a couple of fund under management. We have over over 100 million uh, dollars for investing earlier stage. We have almost 50 portfolio company. We have one company IPO. We have two merge acquisition exit. Very good one. We also have a couple company on the pipeline for IPO. So it's a uh, it's not easy. It's a long journey, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah. I enjoyed it so far. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, so first of all, congratulations. I mean, like before we started this, you know, I mean, I was just mentioning and reading off some of the accolades that you've done for for not just a young age, but what fascinates me the most is your relentlessness and your determination. Um, and so it's interesting to hear kind of a little bit of where that comes from, too. And then, um, you know, obviously hitting up some of the stereotypes as well. Um, it, you, you know, uh, I like to think I have a healthy chip on my shoulder about some of those things. You know, I'm, you know, Puerto Rican descent. I wasn't born mm -hmm. out here. I was born in Brooklyn and mm -hmm. um, and I'm out here. And uh, but obviously you, you come across a lot of adversity and have overcome it. Obviously, a, a really interesting background of you know, highly intellectual, sophisticated on, you know, from a technology perspective, but also from a biotechnology perspective. And then that's, that's underpinned with a lot of relentlessness and determination. I guess I'd love to, I, I have some questions about, you know, what you're interested in, in healthcare and, and the vision and your future of when it, when it comes to some of your health investments or where you see health going. But I'm also more curious about um, the contrast of like your health when you were when you were building your company, you know, not going to parties, but you were building your company by yourself, and then you sold it. How do you look at your own health and well-being now versus then? And what yeah, are some what are some, what are some, what are some things, things that, that you do now to that makes a difference in your own routine? You know, like what what makes you feel good these days from a health and well-being standpoint? Is it you know a lot of running? You know, eating a lot more veggies, uh, getting more sleep. Just love to hear about you know, the difference that makes a difference now for you? Yeah, totally. Thank you, Anthony. So for the first questions, my initial passion about healthcare is also because I was running a medical device company. Mm -hmm. So I really spent lots of time to learn about the ecosystem, learn about opportunity. To be honest, I won't say 
the 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 healthcare system in United States is super complicated, right? And also very low efficiency. But meanwhile, it counts almost twenty percent of the U.S. GDP. So it's a huge market with lots of problems need to be solved. Data overload, low efficiency, lots of the new technology was not able to quickly, you know, integrate with the existing industry. And also we have, we know so many diseases that we could spend more time and resources to really power, power the startup company using technology to solve it. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's an initial, you know, motivation. I really think huge mm-hmm. opportunity. And also there's obvious lots of problems need to be solved. So mm-hmm. it's also very good as from an investor perspective, that's definitely a good way to go to looking for huge upset and a potential big exit in the future. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, on the other side, you know, when I choose company to invest, uh, you know, this is not only something I believe, but also things lots of the founder and investor believe in Silicon Valley is what is our purpose, right? We have a purpose for doing things. And for us, we want to change the world. This is the people always joke about Silicon Valley. Everyone to change the world, which is true. We want to change the world. We also become we also want to become rich because of this process, but most important to change the world. So based on the purpose, I really want to invest in company. They could generate huge commercial value and also huge social value. And healthcare is a perfect combination because we could solve the real life problem. We could really make people live healthier, better, happier. And meanwhile, this is a huge market opportunity. In terms of, yeah, in terms of specific like area focus, you know, there are always like different trends coming over, right? In general, my focus is more on the diagnostic side, not the mm-hmm. therapeutical side. I did not invest any pharmaceutical. I invest a little bit on life science, but more a focus on cancer diagnostic, heart disease diagnostic, and the mental disease diagnostic. Mm-hmm. Because on one side, my take is, you know, now with all this sensor technology, we're surrounded by sensors. Our body data was collected by sensor all the time, which mm-hmm. enable us to be able to keep monitoring what's going on in our body. We was we were used to, you know, we got one-time diagnostic to see, okay, whether you're high risk, low risk on certain disease. But now you could have continuous data, which is new, which also gonna change the user behavior that patient or user gonna be more proactive doing diagnostic. And the prevention, even early prevention, will be the main trend, not only from the healthcare industry, even going to benefit the insurance industry, which is a $1.5 trillion market size in the United States, the largest one in the world. So because of that, we, we like doing diagnostic. We saw the huge potential for growth for diagnostic in the future. And now there's a new trend, uh, which help this industry to grow faster is AI in healthcare. You know, AI has been a buzzword for kind of many years, but the issue is people were killing to find that people were desperate to find a killer app for AI. And you may use some AI application. And I, I could ask you the question, do you feel AI is smart? Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. To others, like lots of people say, no, I feel AI is stupid when I use some like, like consumer application. So which means we have, that's not the right industry to show the capability of AI. But healthcare always have the problem of data overload. So too mm-hmm. much data, which is actually a good thing for AI. Data, high quality, labeled, good for AI as well. And also low efficiency, which means AI could easily show the capability by improve the efficiency. 
So when AI and healthcare start to emerging, we saw the big opportunity, especially for diagnostic. Not only we could diagnostic earlier stage rheumatic cancer, heart disease, mental disease, we could also do personalized diagnostic result. We could make all the diagnostic personalized. We could have precision medicine and make the successful rate for the diagnostic even prevention much, much higher. So that's the big trend that happening since uh, 2018. And uh, I was lucky that I published, uh, we always do the industry report. So in 2017, I already published an industry report about AI in healthcare. So after I published it in 2017, many VC came to us, want to share the information. And in 2018, and the whole trend started to booming and people saw us as an early mover and the first, uh, kind of first, uh, one of the first investors in this area become the opinion leader, which also gave us very good deal flow. But in general, I feel that's a very good trend. Not only AI, we try to push all other this emerging new technology distributed network to healthcare. The, the problem we had before is, you know, people having new technology does not talk to the people in healthcare industry because they're, they're so different. And people in the healthcare industry does not really value the new technology because the system is so complicated. Now right. we have group of people talk together. As an investor, I also help them, you know, talk to each other, connect to each other, and make something really awesome. And mm. another thing is happening, and really exciting, is what's happened with FDA. You know, the former head of FDA, Dr. Scott, uh, he recently stepped down in March, but he was a venture capitalist. <laughs> he was a venture partner of NEA before he mm. became head of FDA because he understands what's going on and he understands the technology development, he accelerating the whole process and make it much easier for founder to work with FDA and the regulator to push the new technology to the market. I have, I have several companies last year, they get FDA approval within a year. I have one company, they got the two FDA approval within one year. Wow. So amazing. Yeah, yeah. That actually also going to attract more capital to invest in healthcare. You know, the, the problem we had before is many investors don't want to go through this, you know, long time-consuming capital-intensive regulatory process. So they don't want to invest in healthcare. But now we were, we're have this changing of the atmosphere, climate, and uh, system. So it's very positive. Another thing I'm very exciting is uh, actually uh, female tech, especially in healthcare tech. I'll uh, give you an example. We have one company recently got acquired by PNG called ZCCL. It's a company focused on female healthcare product using the new material, new material science powered technology. And originally the founder in back to 2015 had, had a little bit difficult fundraising because you know, that market not necessarily lots of the VC really see the big potential, but we saw it because new technology for female tech, especially new technology of female healthcare tech, is the area that kind of been overlooked by lots of the technical founder, our investor. So the founder only raised less than $2 million. They were able to generate more than 30 million yearly revenue and they were acquired by PNG for more than $100 million. So you could wow. think about it. Yes, it's not a big exit, but think about the multiple. Think about the cash on cash efficiency, right? She right. generated 100 million return based on only like 2 million rates. That's super high efficient. And also with a 30 million yearly revenue. So that's another thing make us see the early demonstration success story about using new technology in the female healthcare tech. So that's definitely another industry we're very interested.
And there's other trends we're seeing like new technology, edge computing, they're gonna power the healthcare industry as well, make it more efficient. I also see the, the how to use new technology to make the healthcare insurance uh, more efficient and mm-hmm. the lungs. That's all this like uh, new trend uh, going on. And it's, that's a new trend we're, we're, we're looking at. We did the industry report. We really found the exciting opportunity. Not necessarily that's the buzzword on the street yet, but right. that's definitely the trend we believe gonna take off very soon in the future. Sarah, I become super exciting when I talk about things I really love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, Lou. Um, I, I guess, you know, so congratulations on some of these successes. And yeah, you know, I, I agree with you definitely on the, the cash efficiency of the company that sold to P&G. Uh, I used to work for Nielsen and, you know, got to understand the CPG world, you know, from the inside out. But, you know, super fascinating to see these innovations come up and see that they're smoothing out in terms of approvals, right? And that's that's setting up a really good example. And then signaling also to, you know, some of the bigger companies in the world that some of these innovations didn't even exist a year or two ago. And now, you know, they're ready to be assimilated into, um, you know, into a resale setting, a consumer setting, or, you know, potentially from a medical standpoint setting. I guess along these lines, Lou, tell me a little bit about the future of healthcare according to Lou, right? So um, there are so many different trends. Tell me about this this optimistic future you have, and then maybe pick a time horizon like 10, 20, 100, or, or 10,000 years from now. What's, what's happening? What's happening? What's converging? What's what's a day in the life of a person, and what's what's happening? Yeah, happy to. I think hundred years or thousand years might be too far because you know we won't be able to live so long. So I think we right. we're more like <laughs> we care more about in the next ten or twenty years. Right. You know, one thing I really want to highlight is I know there are lots of discussion about new technology gonna replace certain people. Gonna in the future we're gonna be challenged by the new technology. But uh, as an earlier stage investor, I'm meeting all this like uh, frontier technology founder every day. I think in the next 10 years, not only in healthcare, uh, in most of the sector, the technology, the purpose is to empower the human being instead of try to replace the human being. Right. And we really seeing that extend to 20 years. I invest some other companies, you know, they, they could be the next generation information platform replace our cell phone. There's also a company, you know, doing the brain-machine interface. I have a company that got 18 million non-diluted funding from DAPA. So they already have very successful experiment and uh, have this medical implant to help we become smarter and think faster. And even, you know, transfer information between the computer and the brain. So in 20 years, I think we potentially may become a new race, which is superhuman. And right. uh, so... There will be a group of people really embrace the technology, you know, use the hardware technology, a skeleton, make us like stronger using other technology, make us become our extension to gather all this information. Now is the is a is a century of data, right? We got all this data every day, even bowing from bell bell data, like other data, we could utilize this data to make everything more efficient and also make us more, more smarter not only stronger. And with the, some technology I invest, including brain machine interface, we could really leverage the technology to become much, much smarter and the high, you know, processing, right. <laughs> processing brain. So so I think that's the future. So people invest the technology, may, may become a new race, which is a superhuman. There will be some people, they don't like the technology, but 
I, I don't. I think that's different choice. But for example, in healthcare, we always talk about some new technology may replace doctor or nurse, etc. I don't think so. I think technology still try to empower the doctor and also healthcare provider become more efficient and also like more accurate. But for the healthcare provider who did not integrate with the technology, will be replaced by the healthcare provider who integrate with the technology. I think right. that will happen. But in general, I I think a very bright future that we're gonna powered by technology and we're gonna have a much more efficient society. And I'm very glad to, to become a super superhuman one day and to integrate myself with the technology. Yeah, me too. Me too. Now it's super exciting. I'm I'm I've always been obsessed with comics and superheroes, and uh, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's probably one of the reasons why I do this uh, podcast is because I'm really trying to understand who are the major players that's gonna help me become a uh, Superman or Captain you know, Captain America. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, no, it's really exciting. I I totally agree with your philosophy too, as well. It's like you know. In the meantime, where all these technologies kind of run to fruition as well, there's a lot of optimization that needs to be done from like a human potential standpoint. Systems need to be removed from like waste, and, and there's just some increments of optimization. And as we focus on our like our internal disciplines and our habits, and you know, just fixing you know little things like making sure we don't. A lot of us in America or around the world don't need to get diabetes, right? Let's focus yeah. on little things like that first. So that when these when these opportunities to merge with greater technology that can augment us, you know, we've got great foundations all around, like psychologically, physically, mentally. That's going to equate to a greater leaps and bounds society that can, you know, ideally get us to the next level, whatever that looks like. If it's if it's you know, getting getting a lot of people to Mars or maybe out of the solar system or to Andromeda, who knows, right? So yeah, um, but uh, it's 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 fascinating, and and you're 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 investing in companies that are ushering in the future. So it's got to be fascinating to kind of, you know, seed and birth and, and grow yeah. companies, right? And eventually they'll cross paths. That's that's going to be the exciting part where you just can grab some popcorn and be like, woohoo, look at that, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, that's the reason I, I, I really like this job. Like people always ask, oh, why, why do you work so hard? I'm like, first thing, when I was a founder, I work even harder. And now right. it's super exciting every day because I'm talking to the most uh, talented founder in the world. I'm becoming smarter every day. And right. that's uh, part of the, 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 the joy of the job. And right. also, personally, if you don't mind, could I add another one point quickly? Because I really want to use this platform to... to oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, another thing is we talk about lots of positive stuff, like a very good uh, trend, a booming of the healthcare innovation. But on the other side, you know... Uh, Silicon Valley, you know, sometimes the, the capital see the trend and they will jump into it. But healthcare is a very special industry, really require the investor to have an understanding of the industry and the technology because it's very complicated. Otherwise, something I really don't want to see is capital jumping, but back the wrong company. I'll come capital jumping, just invest a company without doing enough technology due diligence. Mm. There are lots of discussion about the Theranos right um, mm -hmm. earlier this year and uh, the reason we had Theranos is because you can check the list of the investor profile none of them has a healthcare background mm -hmm. because of that they did we, we they did put so much capital into this company and now it's a waste of capital mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't i don't want to comment on anything about company but it just feels like it's a it's a waste we should have used this capital to back some other founder really could you know, solve the real life problem, right? Right. 
So, so, right. so that's another thing that now I saw that I'm so glad that finally the trend is coming. So many capital, so interesting healthcare, especially AI in healthcare. I mean, lots of AI investors start to invest in healthcare. Mm-hmm. I love to say that I'm the one pushing the trend. But on the other side, I hope our capital could be more uh, also logical when they're doing the due diligence. Don't, you know, healthcare is very easy to have super fancy idea, like, you know, longevity, make you like live super long, younger, whatever. But mm-hmm. we have to be careful. We have to be careful. Instead of chasing something like live for 100, 200 years, we need to solve the real life problem. We need to help right. solve the problem of cancer, of heart, heart disease, of mental disease, which actually is the biggest problem right now, right? In the healthcare industry. So, so I really right. want more capital investing in this sector instead of chasing, you know, longevity. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for having me see this. <laughs> yeah, Lou. No, this is this is great. This is great. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's tremendous opportunities, right? I mean, you know, you don't want to you don't want to extend the life of you know potentially a, a group of individuals to live to two hundred if there there could be some negative you know traits in them, right? As well. I mean, who's to say? I mean, sinfully, I probably shouldn't even say stuff like that. But but it is it is really interesting and fascinating that. Lots of technologies, lots of opportunities in front of us, but you know, focus on the core. You know, make sure people's hearts are beating right, right. their blood sugar yeah. levels are good. You yeah. know, no one's no one's breaking bones unnecessarily. Let's fo- let's focus on kind of the, the body, the well being element. Get people right, and also right in in the head. You know, people not necessarily right in the head, but I also feel like yeah, mentally we have an opportunity to kind of you know course correct. Uh, a lot of mental illnesses and get ahead of them, you know, health starts in the head and the brain and our, our thoughts. Uh, along that lines, I guess, Lou, one, one thing I wanted to ask you about, too, because I get the same thing a lot, too, as well as like, you know, um, oh, my gosh, you should be so exhausted. You're, you, you must be so tired. You work a lot and da, da, da. I mean, I always say it's, you know, it's not an anxious feeling. It's more like that Christmas morning feeling. You have all this opportunity in front of you. You have your convictions of what you're supposed to do. You're aligned with your purpose. And so it's, it's a fun game. You're just occupied playing your game, right? And so, but yeah. what do you, how do you think about it? Do you ever feel like exhausted or do you feel like this, like this, this gravity pull, like you're doing your life's work, you have to do it. And so you're going to just keep doing it and you don't really, it's recharging for you. Your engine keeps you going, you know? <laughs> I'm not a machine, Anthony. So definitely I have the time that I really have this, uh, this feeling that, uh, especially sense of urgency, I totally get what you're talking about. A sense of urgency feels like there's so many, so much opportunity in front of me, but uh, how could I get the most from it? How could I make things right? Like I was, I was very uh, honored to be selected as a Forbes 3030 and a feature only for VC in 2017 and 2018. I become like young global leader by Davos. It, it's good. And meanwhile, you know, I will start thinking that, okay, I got this recognition, which means I need to be better. I need to work harder. And this, this definitely gave me extra, you know, pressure. And, uh, and also the sense of urgency, how I could be better sooner, how I could grow faster. So I have this feeling literally every day. I'll think yeah. about, okay, what I could do even better. I just had my uh, 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 VC firm's annual meeting for the past mm-hmm. two days. Like all the attendees, like LPs speak highly about us. But I was still thinking, okay, what we could do better what we could do it differently. So, so sometimes this uh, pressure will give me some a little bit downtime because I feel, okay, I still have to work hard. There are lots of many things I haven't done right. But I start to, you know, try to, try to do more exercise. I even sometimes go 
uh, or shooting. Not not necessarily recommend, but uh, it's a good place to really clean, clear up the mind and right. really be focused and also relax. I think that that's the progress. I think in the I just turned thirty this year, so it's like twenty to thirty is the time people normally have the strongest feeling of sense of urgency. I think become a little bit older definitely help for me to be more patient on the progress and also keep the pace moving forward. Mm-hmm. At least we're on a good track. We have lots of recognition. We have award. We have exit. I I still want to keep this sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. Which also keep this like aggressiveness in my firm, which is very good for the for the business, and good for us to help our portfolio founder. But on the other side, I agree with you. you know, we need to recharge ourselves. Mm-hmm. I was pretty lazy, but I pushed myself. Start exercise this year. I had four year in a row. New Year resolution is don't stay up too late during the night. Eat breakfast and exercise. Mm-hmm. I have it four in a row because I never fulfill. And starting from this year, I'm start to changing it. I think a little change in the lifestyle could also give very positive signal to the brain,、right. and help release the pressure, and also help me better live with this sense of urgency. Because I'm gonna have it along my career.、I、always have this sense of urgency, but I'm gonna live with it and find the best way to, you know, improve myself and meanwhile keep the aggressiveness. Absolutely, absolutely, Lou. Thank you so much. This is great. Yeah, no, I I appreciate that perspective of balance and and obviously, you know,、uh, yeah, it just feels like you're doing your purpose. You're doing exactly what you're meant to do, and you're doing it in the right way and and doing it true to yourself, right? You know, so 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 you are who you are. You get to invoke that feeling in what you're doing, and you know, but obviously, as you go along, you realize the. The the importance of integrating you know balance into what you're doing. It's something I I have struggled with, and it's something I continue to struggle with. I try and be more self aware and make sure that I'm balancing out and optimize for energy and and everything that I'm doing. But、uh, I guess overall, Lou, this was great to have you on the show. Thank you for making time. What would be I guess love to have you back as you work on other you know investments as you as you make more bets in the space and and just you know talk deeper on kind of some of the other elements that we talked about. But what's a good way for our listeners to、uh, find you online or engage with you if they would like to do so? Oh yeah, feel free to、uh, find me on LinkedIn. Search my name with Fusion Fund. Now follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is、uh, Lu Zhang VC. So just、uh, Lu Zhang VC.、Uh, very easy to find and.、Uh, I we also as a firm we do quarterly research report, and after that we also sometimes write article to share our insights about the potential interest or in, potential industry we're interested in investing, which might be in,、uh, interesting for some、uh, audience to read. And yeah, feel free to connect me on LinkedIn. I'd be happy to keep in touch, especially with founder. Feel free, feel free to reach out to us. We're always looking for a great founder to work with. Even the founder are very earlier stage. As a former founder, I always like to offer help and、mm-hmm. offer help to the stage. We think is a good synergy. We also be happy to invest in earlier stage founder. I love it. I love it, Lou. We'll link. We'll link to all of that in the show notes. And so, really appreciate it.、Um, to our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. The show is for people that have a passion for health and for making other people healthier in this world. Lou, this was great. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Anthony. Yeah, you feel、so、free、much. to let me know if you need anything from my side. Will do. Will do, Lou. Thank you so much. This was great. Thank, Thank you.、So、you. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye.